Hey now, and welcome back to the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, a podcast for helping professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and the humans who live there. I am your host, Dr. Sherry. Okay, so in today's episode, we're going to explore the field of human services and social work and what those two fields are facing in the foreseeable future. I know in the past two episodes, you have heard me drop human service professional and social worker a lot. And guess what? You're going to hear me say it a whole lot more in this episode and probably future episodes. So just stick around. But in this episode today, I want to explore both of those disciplines because they are different. The degree is different. What you can do with those degrees are kind of similar, but I want to explore them. I also want to start off this podcast by saying when we give information on the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, there will always be resources in the show notes of websites, reliable fact-check websites that we get our information from. Just because I'm a doctor, I do not proclaim to be a know-it-all or be the is-all of everything. No great odds here. So I always want to provide my audience, my community with the best information possible. So you will always hear information that has been, we checked it once, we checked it twice. We will always provide you resources where you can fact check yourself. So don't come for me, okay? Now, if you remember in episode one, I mentioned human service professionals and social workers. So when I say, if you ever hear me say passionate stewards, I'm referring to professionals who fall under the umbrella of human service professionals and anyone who holds a degree in social work or who call themselves a social worker. A lot of times I have discovered in my years of doing this work, someone will call them a social worker, but they do not hold a degree in social work. And once upon a time, that used to be very common. People will call themselves a counselor, but did not hold a licensure to provide counseling. And we can have a whole episode on why that's dangerous. So when I refer to individuals who are social workers, I am referring to individuals who have a bachelor's degree in social work, who have a master's degree in social work, even someone who is a licensed clinical social worker. These professionals, passionate stewards, and the definition of passionate stewardship are professionals who strongly believe in supporting their community and its people. So I'm talking about human service professionals and social workers. So these are people who strongly believe in their community and the people who live in them. So this could be your born in community. This could be your chosen community. For example, I was born in Washington, D.C. I still provide support and services to organizations and to people who I provide coaching and consulting to in the Washington, D.C. area. But my new chosen community is North Carolina, particularly Craven County and Wilson. So now I'm a passionate steward, not just for Craven County or New Bern, North Carolina, but I'm also a passionate steward for Wilson, North Carolina. So because I believe in supporting my communities, I'm a human service professional. 
I'm a human service professional by the positions that I hold, but I'm also a human service professional because I have a master's degree in human services and I have a PhD in human services with a multidisciplinary specialization. So you with me? Is you with me? All right. First, we're going to cover human services. And as we cover human services, this information is coming from the National Human Services Organization. And this is the organization where you can have a membership either as the student, as a student level, or as a professional level. So I encourage you, if you are a human service professional, I encourage you to check out the National Human Services Organization and their website will also be in our show notes, but their website is www.nationalhumanservices.org, but they have a ton of information. They have conferences, they have workshops that you can partake of. They do also have a Facebook group. So I would encourage you if you are a human services professional that you check them out. It's a community of other human service professionals. So if you are looking for a community of human service professional, besides being a community here with the Passionate Stewardship Podcast, you can also become a part of the National Human Services community. So according to the National Organization for Human Services, human services is broadly defined as uniquely approaching the objective of meeting human needs through an interdisciplinary knowledge base focusing on prevention as well as remediation of problems and maintaining a commitment to improving the overall quality of life of service populations. So if you are a human service professional listening to this right now, if you think about all the work that you've done, you've been doing exactly this. Uh, interdisciplinary knowledge, your wealth of knowledge base, you're focusing on prevention, preventing homelessness, preventing relapse, preventing a, a client from going back to old behaviors, maintaining commitment. You're maintaining commitment to improving the overall quality of life for your clients. Human service professionals, it's a generic term. It's a generic term for people who hold professional or paraprofessional jobs in such diverse settings as group homes, halfway houses, correctional, intellectual disability, and community mental health centers, family, child, and youth service agencies, and programs concerned with alcoholism, drug abuse, family violence, and aging. Remember, that's not the only thing, though. So that's just kind of a list. You find so many different positions within those types of employment settings. So remember, depending on the employment setting, all kinds of clients are served. You can find all kinds of job titles and the duties they vary. This information, again, was taken right from the National Organization for Human Services. And again, this information will be in the show notes. The website will be in the show notes if you want to do some fact checking or if you want to dig a little deep and become a member. Now we're going to also explore social work. This information for social work, according to the National Association of Social Work, so this information, again, in case you want to do some fact-checking, came from the National Association of Social Work. Social work enhances 
human well-being and helps meet the basic and complex needs of all people with a particular focus on those who are vulnerable, oppressed, and living in poverty. So if you think about it, even though the human services definition didn't necessarily say vulnerable, oppressed, and living in poverty, if you think about individuals who are sometimes, not all individuals, but individuals who are dual diagnosed, if you think about your individuals that unfortunately are clients that you see that have a history of family violence, individuals who are sometimes in programs or that go to your Department of Social Services. A lot of times these individuals will also are, are living in your low-income environments. So this is where sometimes these two disciplines can overlap. I am not, please hear me, and I am saying this for the people to the left, the right of me, to the front and to the back. I am not saying this is all clients. But if you look at the disparities of your clients, sometimes these things do overlap. Within social work, there are three different levels of practice for social workers. You have your micro level, which is your client-centered level. That's usually your one-on-one -on -one direct service level. You have your meso level, which works in groups instead of working with an individual and you have your macro level. So your macro level focuses on leading and cultivating social change. And this usually happens on a systematic level through policy change and or organizing. Now, micro, meso, and macro are common in social work, but you can also find this level of practice in human services also. For example, I'll take myself as an executive director. I don't really do a lot of micro level work. I don't really do a lot of direct individual client centered work anymore. I don't really do a lot of meso level work anymore. And that's remember works with groups instead of individual clients. But I do engage in a lot of macro level work where I focus on leading and cultivating a lot of social change, working with a lot of our funders on a state and federal level, trying to push through some policy changes. Right now, DV organizations across the United States are seeing a lot of funding cuts. I say for whatever reason, there is a reason, but this ain't the episode for that. However, we are seeing a lot of funding cuts. So as executive directors, we are part of all of these meetings trying to cultivate some policy change and trying to do some advocacy and some organizing around creating new policies and pushing through more policy and more system change so the money can funnel back down to DV organizations and also human trafficking organizations as well as sexual assault organizations. So you can see the practice levels also on the human services end as well. So while I was writing my dissertation, I looked at the employment trajectory for human service professionals for one of the particular sections that I was writing. And since the field of human services encompasses so many different human-related positions, the United States Bureau of Labor and Statistics 
They did not have any stats specifically for human services per se, but what they did have that ties into this conversation today is the outlook on the employment for social and human service assistants and other community and social service specialists, which falls under the category of human services. Because remember, when we talked a little bit ago, human services positions and the employment, it depends on the setting, the kinds of clients served, the job titles, and the duties. They can vary across agencies and across organizations. So in 2021, there were 420,600 human service-related jobs in the United States. That is a lot of human service-related jobs. And according to the United States Bureau of Labor and Statistics, employment for human service-related positions is projected to increase by 12% between now and 2031. And on average, there are about 55,900 positions available for human service-related positions a year due to professionals exiting the field due to retirement or transferring due to a different occupation. Now, what it did not say if they were transferring occupations due to burnout or due to a vicarious trauma. But if you think about the rates of burnout in human service professionals, because what we face on a daily basis, I can only imagine how many of those professionals were exiting the career because of burnout or maybe even because they were underpaid. And again, all of this information and the links to all of this information will be in the show notes. As for social workers, in 2021, there were 700,100 social workers in the United States. That's also a lot of social workers. According to the United States Bureau of Labor and Statistics, employment for social workers is projected to increase by 9% between now and 2031. And on average, there are about 74,700 positions available for social workers in a year due to social workers exiting in the field due to retirement or transferring to a different occupation. Again, I wonder how many of those is because of burnout or vicarious and secondary trauma. That information wasn't there, but I'd be really curious to know for both human service professionals and for the social workers, like how much of these professionals are exiting the career because the organizations that they are working in, the agencies that they are working in, the federal and state governments that they are working in are not or don't have the proper processes in place to help individuals take proper care of themselves. This is why it's so important for organizations, both nonprofit and for your state and local governments, federal government also, to acknowledge that human service professionals and social workers, they have to show up as whole humans. And you have to have these organizations positioned in a way that these professionals are clocking out at five o'clock with something left for themselves at the end of the day. I remember. When I was doing client-centered work and I was a young mom, I was a single mom, I was in school, I was working more than one job. And I tell you, at the end of the day, I was so spent from the day and then having to, my son was playing sports and you know, growing up in D.C., there's public transportation that takes you everywhere. So I didn't have a car. So I'd be rushing home from seeing clients, rushing to pick him up from aftercare, 
rushing home to get football stuff, hopping back on Metro, which is the public transit system, rushing him to football practice. Like it was a lot by the end of the night. And I still had homework to do. Still had to come home and feed him. Still had homework to do, not just for myself, but for him also. Like there was nothing left for me. And I remember when I was processing my what was next for me professionally, one thing my business coach asked me, and shout out to Shannon, she said, you know, as you are processing your what is next, and as you are processing your and what, I want you to ask this to yourself, and I want you to write it down. I want you to journal about it. When you were doing client-centered work, how did you want your agency or your executive directors, like how did you want them to show up for you? And when she said that to me, and when she told me to journal about that, I got to writing and I felt like I couldn't stop because I now function as an executive director in a way that I wish every executive director that I had ever worked under, I now function how I wish they would have functioned for me. I show up for my people. I create a space where they can take care of themselves first and then take care of clients. And I think that that's important because your people are taking care of people and your people are people. (laughs) Again, although human services and social work are two different disciplines, there are some similarities there. Human service and social work professionals are still exposed to the same social, economic, and racial disparities impacting our clients and systems. Whatever human service professionals are facing, social workers are facing also. Both professions still have high turnover rates within their organizations. Hence, again, probably one of the reasons for the increase and the growth in each of the fields and why there's so many positions that are available every year. Both of these professions work in both nonprofit and in government environments. Both offer a level of clinical counseling licensure. Both have the propensity to create burnout and vicarious secondary trauma if professional environments are not creating healthy cultures where these professionals and their needs are at the forefront of organizational cultures. Every time... I have someone who reaches out to LC Consulting and Coaching and they ask like, hey, I have this idea for a nonprofit organization and I'd like to sit down with you to see if if I can hire you to help me, you know, create a nonprofit or start my nonprofit. I always let them know like, hey, this is what we do. If I am going to sit down and help you take your idea to something that is serving the community and the people that live in it, I am going to ensure that you are starting off creating a healthy culture for the people who will be serving the people and for the people who will be supporting the people. Because if you're not creating a culture, a healthy culture that is at onboarding from the top down, from your board of directors on down to your frontline staff, then... I'm putting my business name on the line, but I would be doing a disservice as a human service professional, but I'd also be doing that person who wants to start a nonprofit a disservice. So healthy organizational cultures are are paramount 
when you are talking about human service professionals and also social work. Okay, so we've covered quite a bit today. However, the most important takeaway from today is human service professionals and social workers are one of the most dynamic group of passionate stewards who are on the front line and even behind the scenes working tirelessly to ensure that communities all around the world are getting what they need. And take it from me, baby, it is not easy. It is not easy at all. The next time you think because your human service or your social work loved one or friend has a desk job, that they get a chance to sit at a desk every day and maybe push a file around. Child, think again. It is so much bigger than that. So remember, self-care is health care and kindness is free. So please do me a favor and be kind to somebody today. I love you for listening. And until next time, be good to yourself, please, and to others. Bye. Thank you.